0: Tune in to office hours for now. Broadcasting live from the town to the crowd. The Sneaker Savant breaking down the Saiga Tough distribution and creation of the prize we lost. The reasoning behind why sneakerheads can find it tough. To try to find a pair not kind of fair, it's life and thus. Applying your research to track down Oz's wizard. Artificial scarcity making the flock bitter. We love shoes but the game changed so fast. I miss the days of rocking my Nike Moabs. Don't ask. Trust the reseller platforms. Now those who love kicks are holding hats torn. The game changed and the feeling felt that scorn. But wonder stocks running off with some facts form. So tune in to the Alpha Sowers podcast to follow up on all that passion, not that hot trash. You were tuned in to Office Hours, subscribe,
1: like, share, review, and all that. What's going on, my friends? Welcome to Office Hours with the Sneaker Savant. I'm your host, Shuf Cohen. We're going to tackle a couple of bigger things today. We'll talk sneaker culture. We're going to share theories on the psychology of collecting. And of course, Savant has another sneaker story for us. Let's talk about uh, fucking. Oof, I don't, I don't like this term, but we're going to talk sneaker culture.
0: Culture, yeah, <laughs> culture.
1: culture. So my my first thing here is for you. What what is your definition, if there's any, for like sneaker culture?
0: I go through phases with the terms sneaker culture, sneaker community. Sometimes I absolutely abhor those terms. Sometimes I just I. I cringe when I hear them. I cringe when I say them, um, but it it's hard to find other words to to describe them. I think a lot of people say the words um, culture and community in a very insincere way. Yeah, and I don't think it's because they're necessarily being insincere. I just think that that's kind of what they really think it is. do you you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I know like a shop, I know the shop owner and he's not going to call him out, but he's, he's, he reminds me of like, a uh, he reminds me a little bit of sneaker Twitter, you know, which basically just moves on to the next thing, whatever's profitable, profitable at the time. And he, he's always just moving to the next thing, trying to, trying to make some money off of it. And, um, he does a pretty good job at kind of showing you know, at least getting like at least 50% of the knowledge down. Right. But in a, in a room full of dudes, like aficionados, I don't think he could, he, he would definitely be considered like a noob.
1: Okay. But
0: he always used that word community and culture. And it always just like in my head, I'd always just cringe whenever he'd say it. I don't know. Culture is such a, it's such an interesting word. Cause growing up in California, you know, culture out here is it's culture is some culture is one thing, but like history is another. Yeah. And when you go to the East Coast, like you go to Philly or you go to Boston or you go to New York, and there are buildings that are older than whole California cities. You know what I mean? Like San Francisco is a couple hundred years old. There are buildings in New York that are like five hundred years old. Yep. And it I always I was always kind of fascinated with the idea that california we have a culture we don't have all that much history behind it though that's why it's kind of a lot of it seems misplaced like if you look at like a map of california the cities are very progressive but the backwoods are extremely conservative and it's it's just it's a weird I think that we kind of undergo identity crisis crises here in in California, whereas I think New York and and Philly and these places are a little bit more established with their culture.
1: Um, Yeah, I agree with you.
0: But like sneakers, I mean, how else would you describe like, you know, walking through New York and seeing another dude with the same pair of shoes as you, you know, that no one else has. And you guys give each other the head nod. Like how else would you describe that if not uh, culture?
1: yeah like i i don't i don't know it like you said uh community as well like that's that's as close as i want to get you know i think that that's kind of where it is for me we're a community of people because we all you know we all like the same thing like you've got the trading card community you've got the funko pops community you've got the sneakers community i think mm-hmm. i think community is nice and i think culture is pushing it
0: well the the word community the problem with the word community at this point in my in my mind is that it's it's corporations that are using the term hmm. they're pushing this idea of a community but in my opinion like a community has nothing to do with commerce like it really it, it doesn't like like i would think okay so when i worked at a, a restaurant you know i was i was almost like i would say i was almost kind of like a office manager assistant and the big boss would always have me go run little errands. Yo, we're out of avocados today. Can you go to such and such restaurant and pick up, you know, 50 fucking avocados, whatever the hell it is. And, oh, I used to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, I mean, there wasn't like a community where he he would like call the 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 restaurant next door, right? It was like, I got to go chase this shit down at Safeway. And then they're going to be pissed off at me because I'm buying all their fucking avocados. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so So how... I guess there's a, a community of chefs, somewhat that that maybe someone like Anthony Bourdain, or uh, I don't know, another famous chef could kind of pull together. But for the most part, when you're talking business and you're talking money, community to me, those things do not equate at all. Like when I think of community, I think of like people in my neighborhood, I think of people in my schools. You know, I think about you know people that I see every day, but you know, a group of people who are who are beasting over a a consumer, like a bourgeoisie consumer good. To me, I, I have a real tough time saying community there.
1: So, what do you think about like a sneaker fan club?
0: Well, I always think back to like Nike Talk guys. Okay, right? Because Nike Talk. I mean, the funny the the funny thing is like, in, and Bobby Hunter's actually said this in his latest uh, blog post the other day. And it's true, but like it's it's a it's a message board. It was a forum for sneakers, yet the vast majority of the posts actually occurred in the non-sneaker threads. So it was almost like someone would post a a, an update on a shoe, and then they just go and shoot the shit for hours in the general forum,
1: right? Right. Or
0: they would shoot the shit in the music forum or whatever the hell it was. But I mean, really, like. really the general forum was way more lit than any of the sneaker any of the sneaker threads and that that's because i I just i don't think any it wasn't really about like a formula it was just about like we're just a group of people who like similar things and we're not you know talking about ripping one another off we're just you know we're just (laughs) we're just talking about the same shit i I, i'm I'm, i don't know if i'm answering this question at all i hear myself just stumbling through this whole thing Uh, it's a
1: hard question to answer dude it's not it's i didn't think this was gonna have like a like a cut and dry black and white answer i figured we would kind of develop it as it goes and and i'm kind of feeling the same way like i i don't know exactly how to describe what this group of people is like at this point it's incredibly different and i guess Uh, A solid definition aside, we can we can ask you this one. You you know, you've been doing this for fucking 20 years. Like, how does how does today's quote unquote sneaker culture or group of sneaker fans, whatever the fuck you want to call this, How does it differ from like when you first got into this shit?
0: Well, that one that one's pretty easy, I think. I think um, when I start when I first started really kind of getting into sneakers, like I was looked at as a fucking weirdo. Everyone said that I had like a foot fetish, you know, people would make fun of me for liking shoes. Like I remember, uh, you know, my first year of college, like girls would literally make fun of me for having a different pair of shoes on. And I only had like 10 pairs of shoes, you know, and to me, 10 pairs was a lot, was, was not as many as I would have liked, but it was way more than anybody else I knew. Right. You know, so, uh, It was a weird fringe thing back then. And the the markers are a lot different now because the markers back then was you just had a lot of shoes and you didn't really give a shit what anybody thought. You just liked your fucking shoes. Right. But now it seems that the markers are. I mean, I've I've observed my high school students in East Oakland uh, making fun of one another for not having uh, Jordan retros right like they make fun of other students for their their shoes like for not having them whereas right.
1: for their lack of shoes at this point
0: yeah and and i mean like that there's nothing <laughs> i mean we made fun of all kinds of people all kinds of fucking things in high school but like that is noticeably different because i, I think i was saying on one of my posts the other day that when i was growing up uh i mean i remember there might have been one kid in my whole school who had the latest jordans might have been. Right. And then there was just a handful of other people who had other SIGs, but like shoes just weren't, they weren't th- that big of a thing back then. Um, and what I think is is really different is now when I meet somebody who's in sneakers, I make a whole lot of mental calculations inside my head about whether or not this person is is here for, you know, to really talk shop or if they're here to uh, see what, how they can make some kind of money off of the information I'm giving them.
1: Mm, yeah, that's a really good point.
0: And that's, I mean, and it, it I'm, I'm a really gullible person. Not really gullible, but I'm a person who gives people the benefit of a doubt nine times out of ten. Even if you're just a tiny bit shady, I still give you a benefit of a doubt, and I will still, you know, interact with you, and. Right you know, just talk with you until, until you burn me. And then when you burn me, it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm just not going to put myself in that position again. Doesn't mean that I don't like you or whatever. It just means I'm not going to extend myself that far. So, you know, a lot of the people that I meet now though, that, that, that are kind of in the space, it, it really is. It's, it's me trying to dig to see how much, how, how this sounds so corny. This sounds so corny, but like how pure, the intentions are. And it's kind of fucked because it's not like I'm, I'm like an expert, or I've got the greatest intentions all the time either. But I I, that's my mental calculation. Now, back then, it was like, the only time people would talk to you about shoes, is if they were making fun of me, or if they also had the same fucking problem.
1: (laughs) Dude, that that intent thing kind of gets me because uh, I had a buddy of mine that I've been doing a couple jobs with. He said he had a, a sneaker dude. In his circle now and like he wanted to introduce me to him and he he hits me up with the dude's instagram and the dude's instagram is kind of your standard reseller instagram every single picture is the exact same like holding the shoe in the same exact position in the frame with the box in the background and the other shoe on top of the box yep. and it just screamed fakes to me mm-hmm. it's very standard you know they take yeah. the, they take the pictures from yeah. the same exact angles um, And it, it really screamed fakes to me, and I, I immediately started thinking about that. I was like, "What is his intent? Does he love sneakers, or is he here to take my fucking money?"
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not here to. I mean, it's dumb that that that's like this is kind of even a, a thing. Like, we <laughs> sound like gatekeepers right now, right?
1: We we sound like a little bit, yeah. And I don't like that.
0: But it is. I mean, it is kind of like a valid. I mean, it's it's almost something you kind of want to protect. You know, you almost want to protect the sanctity of what it is. You, you know, your little corner of the hobby. Like I want mm-hmm. to protect my little corner of the hobby, and I got no problem fucking talking to people about it. I got no problem talking with anybody about it whatsoever. It's just when I feel like I'm trying to, you know, when I feel like somebody's trying to make me out to be something I'm not, then it becomes a bit of an issue for me. I think the. Okay, so perfect example. The other day with our Whatnot stream. Okay, yeah. our Whatnot stream, uh, for the last four weeks, it's been super dope. Five weeks, it's been super dope. Lots of people having fun. Lots of people enjoying themselves. Lots of people coming in just enjoying the whole um, process, right? And learning about the sneakers. And, and then in way I think what happened is, for, from what I could gather from the comments, it sounded like a cook group got they got the invite to my, my stream or whatever. And so the whole cook group is in our fucking stream. And this whole cook group is, is if you don't know what a cook group, basically it's just, it's a group of people on the internet who find uh, ways for other people to make money, no matter what the fucking product is. And then they share that information and they usually get uh, some kind of subscription fee for sharing that information. So we got all these people in this cookbook cook group uh, in my stream, talking all this shit about the shoes that we got. Whereas I mean, some of these people walked away with some incredible fucking steals. I mean, I lost... Yeah, dude. I want to say I lost $1,600 the other day. There's a lot of money lost, right? And these <laughs> yeah. dudes are sitting there like... They're talking all this shit. And I'm like, how, how do you think... I mean, just thinking like, okay, clearly you're here for a different reason, right? You think that you're going to come in here and you are going to rip me off and I'm supposed to just... Take it because that's just how it is. Is that really right. how you think the world is? Like, my dude works at a sneaker shop, and he told me the other day that a, a kid came in trying to sell some I don't know Sakais or something like that, and uh, he was trying to explain to the kid like, you know, this is a business. I have to make money, right? And so he he offered the, him the the kid the amount, and then the kid said, okay. So then when they sell, I come back and get the rest. <laughs> and he was like, how do you not understand that, like? I pay money to rent this place. I pay money for everything in this place. I need to make some money somehow. Like and I think there's there's a a tendency for a lot of a lot of people, you know, new people in the the hobby people who don't really understand what the hobby's about, uh who think it's just about money for them to think that uh it's just like this golden you know, it's just like a fucking this is how you make money. And the thing is like they they don't realize that you actually have to do you have to do work right you have to uh do mental calculations you have to figure out what a good investment is you have to figure out what a good flip is you know and don't get me wrong i'm not making a lot of fucking money with this stuff but like just the the sense of entitlement with it really rubbed me the wrong way and i know i shouldn't take this shit personally because it's just like i could have been talking to a 12 year old for all i fucking know you know there's nothing wrong with 12 year olds but i mean like why am I getting in this conversation with somebody who clearly does not understand what the, what is going on in the big picture?
1: I think with those guys, as soon as we mentioned to them, like, yo, you don't have to fucking be here. You are not obligated to sit here and watch this. You're not in school. You're not, you have no obligation. So could you just take your shit ass attitude and get out of the room?
0: Yeah. I mean, we could say that, you know, and then, I mean, like I I think about like when I was a teacher, right. And somebody would do something fucking stupid. I mean, my initial, my, my initial response is to, is to just call them out immediately. Yep. Almost embarrass them in, to the point that they understand that that this is not something that you should do. But I mean, it, it also kind of shuts off uh, a mode of communication by doing that. And I feel like I should be better than that. You know right. what I mean? So I... I mean, that's the second time that happened. That's the second time I acted exactly that way. But I think if it happens the third time, I need to figure out a better way to react. You know, like I, I, just, I feel like it, it needs to be a little bit more in, inviting or encompassing of, you know, what it is that we're trying to do. Maybe a bit more illuminating.
1: Um, Maybe more jovial, if you will. You know, try to keep a, a, you know, kind of jesterly attitude about it. Like, haha, that was funny, man. But like, we're trying to do a cool thing here.
0: Yeah, I mean, just explain what the whole concept is. Because the whole concept, a lot of people obviously don't get the concept, right? The, the, I think that the noobs or the people who think that everything in the world is about Yeezys and Travis Scott's mm-hmm. are coming in and they want to get Yeezys and Travis Scott's for under retail, right? Whereas I mean, That was tra-
1: very apparent.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, whereas what we're, what we're trying to do, we're trying to create a fun way to get into the sneaker hobby that doesn't fucking revolve around Virgil uh, Kanye or Travis. That's what we're trying to do. And I mean, like it was fun because after a while, like people were really, I mean, even though the prices weren't going as high as I wanted them to, people really actually seemed to be enjoying it. You know, yeah. that, that's the thing. So I've, I've noticed that there's like a similar pattern going on right now in the NFT space. And I, you know, people are asking me, what should I invest in? And it, it keeps going back to this idea like, yo, the people who kind of make this stuff are not the people who who think it's about investing they're they're the people who are you know we said this the other day pure intentions i think or you know like that's it's very easy for me to say at this point but like if if you're coming into any of these things just trying to make money uh you probably can but i know nothing about that shit so don't ask me about it (laughs) (laughs) you know like that's uh, you want to make money go trade foreign exchange go trade stocks you know go invest in just fucking bitcoin if that's what you want to do i mean like bitcoin to me once again it wasn't a wasn't investment it was a it was a hey i just like this idea i think this is a cool idea let's do this you know so i don't know maybe that's a a luxury that you know i have in just not thinking and things. You know purely in terms of how much money i can squeeze out the back end of it
1: well yeah that came out that came up with uh when we had uh what's his ass on here uh carter when when we had sneaker investor on here um you were saying that like because i had asked you both like how do you how do you choose your nfts or how do you choose your art pieces even how do you choose your sneakers and he was pretty much like well i do a fuck ton of research and i have a whole team and we're up 18 hours a day and this is crazy and you're like yeah i just buy what's cute i buy what's cool about like. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I I tell you, I think there's a way to, a a lot of people, they, they think that they hold some kind of key to knowing what to do. And I mean, I'll tell you, one out of every, like, whenever I think of something like that, I think like one out of every 10 things maybe hits, right, if I think like that. But if I just go for the things that I like and I just kind of back those, like, I don't give a shit what happens to it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if it's not worth anything. I liked it. You know?
1: Yeah, I feel like that about a lot of my pairs of sneakers, too. People are like, why'd you buy those? Well, one, they're fucking cool. And two, I like them. And I'm not concerned, I guess, about the $160 that I put out on these. It's going to be okay, my friend. <laughs>
0: yeah i'm getting my intended use out of it my intended correct was there it, is. To, it was definitely not to impress you or impress strangers my intended use was to uh cover my foot with something that i thought looked cool that was yep. my purpose i don't know i hear that there's this uh startup out there um that's gotten a shitload of money and i don't they're called soul savvy i don't know much about them i heard a whole I just got to
1: add for them today
0: yeah, I heard a lot about him a while ago, a couple of people hit me up. And they said, you know, you would be really good with the soul savvy thing, I think building community da. And I'll tell you, like, the last few months, I've just heard, like, I've heard a lot of questionable things uh, that have been going on in it. Because, I, again, I don't think like community is built through commerce. I just I don't
1: No, I think that it I think that as far as like that, the putting those two things together, they can supplement each other if done properly, but I I don't believe that you should, you should try to build any community around, around the the purchase and sale of of a good. You're, you're just going to end up with a bunch of people that are biting each other's throats, just trying to get a fucking piece of leather and rubber.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I think that that's kind of what happened, I think, um, or what I was reading in, in some of the, the comments or some of the the stuff I had heard about it was that, you know, their big promise was all for one and one for all kind of thing. So if, if, if you want a, you know, one of these shoes for retail, then everyone's going to try for you. Right. And if you don't want one of these shoes, but someone else does, you'll still try and get their, get, get their pair for retail. And then you guys would kind of, you know, trade off.
1: Oh, in theory, that's incredible.
0: It's a, great, it's, it's a great idea in theory, but I, I don't think that that's um, how it actually ended up working. I think at the end of the day, I think it's still a, a vastly under, I don't know how to say, maybe underserved supply is absolutely not meeting demand in this market anyway. So I think they still had to resort to some pretty shady tactics in order to um, fulfill that promise on some sort of level.
1: They had to have, dude, from everything that we know about about production numbers and and anything relating to that is that the more platforms that we continue to create, and, and by we, I don't obviously mean the two of us, but we as a, as a group of people that like sneakers, the more platforms that come up, that's just more fucking big groups of people trying to get the same product. It's, it's yeah. not going to help at all.
0: Well, and considering, I mean, considering Nike is at pretty much an 18-month disadvantage, right? I mean, they have right. to be an 18 month disadvantage. It 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 makes things really difficult for them to kind of stay on top of. So you almost kind of wonder if I don't know. People have been going wild over Jordan ones for the last four years, and you're starting to see a, a little. I mean, maybe you're not, but like I feel like we're starting to see things cool down a little bit with Jordan ones. Agreed. You know, uh, there's been a few recent releases that I think a few years ago might have sold. Um might have sold out immediately. You're finding them out outlets now, right? So maybe Nike is starting to catch up to the numbers, but that also kind of ultimately hurts their their brand perception, um, which seems
1: to be all you really care about
0: well that yeah, that that I don't know that quote unquote leaked email the other day was just such a I don't know i I could picture someone sending that out, but I could also picture somebody sending that out with the um, intention of with the hope that it would get leaked. (laughs) You know what
1: I mean? Did did I miss something? What email?
0: No, I I posted on the other day about gentrification.
1: Oh uh, yeah. I must just miss that.
0: Oh, you missed that post. That post got like, it got several hundred comments.
1: Oh my God. I'm going to it right now.
0: And then the, the very next post was a complete fucking dud. So I don't know. Instagram still fucking with me. Uh, Pushed me over that 14.6 mark, which I've been at for like three months now to 14.7 and then I looked the next day and it dropped back down to 14.6. So I don't know what the fuck it is that they want me to do anymore. I'm so frustrated.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, I completely missed that that gentrification post, so I'm going to be sure to read that up later and we can discuss it too because that's a uh, Yeah, that's a whole big thing.
0: There's the gentrification post and then in that same email I think they talked a lot about sneakers, the sneaker app, um how people are getting fed up with Nike. Um, they're starting to move to mom-and-pop brands like New Balance um, because they're tired of taking L's.
1: Yeah, fucking like uh, SIA Collective, SIA Collective, however you want to say that. And um, No Two Ways, Clint's, like all these little brands are fucking blowing up because people getting pissed trying to buy a Nike shoe.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's – this just goes to show that like there's no shortage of dope shit out there. And that's why I get a little bit – I get a little bit annoyed and I know that I'm talking to like somebody who really doesn't know any better when all they're looking for is fucking Travis Scott off-white Kanye's, you
1: know? Yep. And that's, that's shit they've been told to like, and now I understand when, when the, the, there's an intersection between personal tastes and hype, like that does happen. There's definitely going to be incredibly hyped releases that, That I am all about. Like, let's talk about those Gundam Dunks for 10 seconds. I'm fucking all about those. They're way overhyped. They went crazy about them and they're still going to be crazy. And so is resale. But, you know, there's an intersection there and that's okay. But we find a lot of people end up doing only the hype and only what they're told. And I think that's what hurts us so much. Like the two of us about all this.
0: I mean, I think that, I mean, it's normal, right? This is normal. Yeah. uh, Yeah. At a certain I mean, there's a certain age I think everyone kind of outgrows. Uh, They start to develop their own opinions. And I think because sneakers are flashy and, you know, people need sneakers for, you know, peacocking. (laughs) Yes. Go back to
1: episode one, peacocking.
0: Yeah, this is how they show that they're in tune with something. I mean, most people my age aren't really checking for sneakers. Like, I'm checking for sneakers, you know, and maybe maybe that's kind of like – you know i'm i'm clearly washed right but like there was definitely a time when i wanted what my friends wanted and my friends wanted what i wanted and we all wanted whatever it was that mtv told us we wanted right and 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 that's all part of i mean to me that's like all part of growing up that's you realize like okay companies tell you what you want you buy it and then you start to decide that that's not really what you want you know so i, I I think, um, I mean, I wish somebody were able to do some kind of uh, study, uh, socioeconomic study, um, you know, just to show what, you know, the breakdown of people who consider themselves sneakerheads would actually be, right, sneakerheads in America, because that's data that I think would be really useful for somebody who's trying to uh, be in this position would be, right? I I think, um, theoretically, you could almost figure that out uh through facebook dark ads um or even instagram ads right you can figure out who who's clicking on whatever it is that you're trying to put out there but uh, i think comprehensively it would be nice to know what you know what we're we're kind of looking at and just by the looks of things and the looks of what gets posted on nice kicks and all the major sneaker accounts i mean it it's all lowest common denominator stuff
1: yeah yeah that came up last week I, i I I don't I don't like it. I think that's what I like about your shit is it's not lowest common denominator. It's here's a fucking story. Read it.
0: It is, but I mean, like, also, you can see that my my shit suffers because of that because people who it certainly does. Well, my people who are interested in my stuff are people who uh, also have lives and they aren't spending all their time online, you know, looking at sneakers or trying to buy, you know, the latest fucking hype drop. So. I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a catch 20 too. I mean, in 10 years, is this what I'm going to be doing? You know what I mean? I'm 41 years old when I'm 51. Is this still what I'm going to be doing? Like, am I just, have I just out? I mean, am I just, have I outgrown this? Like, am I, yeah.
1: Did you, did you age out? Like, huh?
0: I mean, I know that there's a handful of dudes who are still in that, you know, in that bracket who keep doing this stuff, you know, but they do it with like a, a, maybe they're making significant money from it. So they kind of have to do it or, or, you know, whatever it might be, but you know, is there going to be a whole age of sneakerheads? you know, 50 years old? are we going to be wearing sneakers into our sixties, seventies, eighties? I mean, like, I know as so
1: long me, as I can still get them on, probably.
0: There's so much more comfortable than a suit and all that shit. Like my grandpa, I'll never forget my grandpa. He wears a suit every fucking day of his life. A suit every a suit. day.
1: Yeah. Mine too.
0: Yeah. And there's no, I mean, I might've worn a suit 10 days of my whole life, you know, and those are for job interviews. I will never wear a suit again, if I, if, if I can help it, you know? So, (laughs) I mean, maybe it's just what you grow up in. It's just something you, I don't know.
1: Well, I I love that this comes up because uh, what I wanted to tie up this section with was uh, if you wanted to get one point across to like younger sneakerheads, what would it be?
0: Oh, Jesus. I don't know that I would be even a good guy to talk to because, I mean, like, <laughs> I consider the fact that I'm still totally into sneakers as, as like, a character flaw.
1: It seems yeah. slightly anomalous. What do you mean? Like, just, I, I'm the kind of the same way. I'm wondering, like, at 30, why, why I'm still into, like, Pokemon cards. Like, well, I'm 31 years old. And, like, why do I still want to buy packs of Pokemon cards and open them shit. Is that a character flaw? Like, am I still a man child or
0: (laughs) I think, I mean, like I kind of, I do think that there is a, there's this thing called EMDR. Have you ever heard of EMDR? No. Take a look. Google EMDR. I'm uh, doing that EMDR therapy. I'm looking it up right now too. Uh, And I've looked into this. I've looked into this. Um, it's a psychotherapy, I'm gonna read this verbatim right here, psychotherapy that enables people to heal from the symptoms and emotional distress that are a result of disturbing life experiences. Uh, EMDR therapy shows that the mind can in fact heal from psychological trauma as much as the body recovers from physical trauma. So uh, why I'm bringing this up, I I don't know, but I almost think that the reason that I'm so into shoes is because, okay, so when I was 11 years old uh, for my birthday, okay, so the first pair of shoes that I really like, I really pined for was the Air Jordan 6 infrareds. Uh, I was 11 years old when they came out. Um, I convinced my mom to get me a pair for my birthday. Uh, so that was July of 1991. Um, I wanna say about a month after she got those for me, she told me that uh, she would be leaving my dad. So they're beginning a, a divorce. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I was 11, so I couldn't totally process or even understand what that meant. But I, the first thought in my mind was, huh, this is a good opportunity for me to take advantage of, of this situation. And so I put on a sad face and basically um, convinced my mom to go uh, buy me a bunch of baseball cards and another pair of Jordan 6s. And so she went and she bought me a pair of Jordan 6 uh, white maroon reds and a bunch of pairs of 90 or a bunch of packs of 91 or 92 Fleer baseball cards. And I remember thinking, like, in my head, as as we're driving away, oh, I got over on her, right? Not really understanding that, you know, the next few years of my life would be really fucking tough. Yeah. Trying to understand what it, you know, the what all of this meant right you know my dad was on the receiving end of this and and you know my dad he like me and him we took a bunch of camping trips up and down the coast of california and i remember just thinking like this is fucked up to think as 11 year old but it was like i just remember thinking like why am i why am i taking care of him why isn't he taking care of me
1: oof that that hits home my dude
0: You know, I mean, all this shit, dude, like, that was a, I mean, even if I didn't recognize it at the time, I mean, that's clearly a traumatic event. Yeah. That was a traumatic event in my life, was my mom leaving my dad and and the ensuing fights and arguments and power struggles that came out after it. And me, you know, being uh, 11 and going from house to house, you know, just... Upending my life every two weeks to go to a different parent's house and and try and deal with whatever shit it was that they were dealing with. And I often think that that is the reason that um that I have like this weird fucking connection to sneakers.
1: yeah, that's a really good theory, honestly. Like you know, you have a traumatic experience. and before you even noticed that it was traumatic, you were tra- your parent knew that that she could placate you for a minute by buying you some sneakers and it worked and and then years later you're like oh 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 wait no that that didn't work (laughs) i am still fucked up about that
0: (laughs) i mean i i I try to think like why i mean like because a lot of times like with people who have shopping addictions i actually brought this up i brought this up a little while ago too with the um that chinese saying regret now when you buy it or regret it forever if you don't oh yeah and I think there's a weird, there's something weird. Like your body just it, like everything in your being is like, I got to get that. I got to get that. I got to get that. And then you get it and it just goes in the fucking pile with all the other stuff that you did that too.
1: It does. Yes. I Yes.
0: <laughs> so I will, like, I, I'm super interested and I wish I knew more about the, the science of collecting and why people collect because it, it it's clearly, there's clearly something wrong with us <laughs> I mean and if if I mean you know I mean that in the in the sweetest possible way there's clearly <laughs> something wrong with us as collectors you know maybe it's you know our ancestors they'd work for an hour a day trying to get food or however many fucking hours and then they'd chill out for you know several days until they needed to get more food so I mean like wh- what is is it is it the fact that we no longer need to do that that we need to find something to seek like it's it's i i don't know man i mean i
1: i think this is a whole episode
0: i mean it it definitely i mean i think i go to probably 50 fucking therapy meetings to figure this out
1: you know (laughs) yeah yeah no i mean i really think that like that's a that's an incredibly interesting discussion you know why why do humans collect and 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 what how do we go about picking the things Oh, that, that's a whole nother fucking deal.
0: (laughs) And that's, I mean, like, so I think maybe is our sneakers, is that, is that because of traumatic experiences for people in high school, you know, traumatic experiences of being embarrassed and, and, uh, feeling like you might not have, you know, enough friends or whatever it is. Is that, is that how people are going to be sneaker addicts now? I mean, like,
1: I could tell you that, that my, my scarcity mindset, like from growing up with nothing. Definitely has something to do with the fact that I can't get rid of pairs of sneakers.
0: Oh, not yeah. All of us too. I mean, I have so much trouble getting rid of my shirt, man.
1: Yeah, and and I'm sitting there like, yo, there is sixty goddamn pairs of sneakers in this closet, and I can't possibly wear these all before I die. Blah blah blah, this and that. But I I can't I can't sell them even if it's like a really really good price, like great deal. I come out on top. Nope can't
0: they're mine yeah. it's because you just think like i'm gonna regret this I'm gonna regret. yep it. I to well, what
1: if i need this one more pair of shoes because i burnt through 59 other pairs yesterday no that doesn't, doesn't work that way
0: i need this banana yellow pair of shoes in case i ever have to dress like a banana
1: yeah if you wanted to be bananas in pajamas for halloween Ooh. but the streetwear edition you would need those <laughs> see this is why I'm not the person to try to get you to sell your sneakers because I'm like, no, no, those are great. Keep them.
0: Don't get rid of them. Right. Yeah.
1: No, keep those. Those are great. Like I'm, I'm looking at all the pairs I got and all the pairs I picked up for you. I'm like, yo, let's keep all these. These are great. These are all mine now. No, wait, no, 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 no. These have to go. <laughs>
0: that's, but that's why, that's why like, I've, I've actually like called the therapist for this EMDR therapy because I've heard it helps a lot with, um, with traumatic experiences and, uh, addictive behavior and my traumatic experience for what I believe, uh, started this addiction, um, up to now to where it's just like, it's, it's clearly out of control and it's clearly, you know, it's damaging in some ways. Other ways it's difficult to quantify because it's kind of my livelihood.
1: Yeah, that tracks,
0: you know, so uh, how, how do you you know, not participate in something that you're almost celebrated for. Not only are you are celebrated, but you're like paid to. And yeah, I guess you are celebrated for participating in.
1: Well, yeah. Like I, I, yeah. How do, how do we get out of, out of a cycle that kind of like pats itself on the back?
0: Rewards you for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we go and we, we purchase another pair of sneakers and almost eight times out of 10, we can get more money than we paid for that, that pair of sneakers. So not only does that feed into what we've been told for years and years, that making money is the only thing that determines your worth. Yeah. So not only are we stuck to doing everything we can to prove our worth by making money, but we're also caught on something that like with with the the two of us in sneakers in particular, we're caught on something that's tied to something extremely dramatic. and it was our only safety blanket. and God damn it, I'm not getting rid of my safety blanket,
0: yeah, Oof. yeah, I think I, th- I think about that often like this this is gonna sound real weird, but like I, I almost want to go to, you know there, there's all different types of therapy that deal with this kind of stuff that I've been yeah. kind of looking into, and I've been kind of on the side of it. But I've, I've also been hesitant to do it because I'm afraid that leaves me. Uh, it takes away the only edge I have uh, in this industry.
1: Yeah, how much is it, you know, how much are these pairs of sneakers your identity at this point?
0: Right. And so like, if I'm going to be a sneaker blogger or I'm going to be a, you know, a gray market analyst or I'm going to be, a, you know, a, whatever the fuck I'm going to be, how do i be that in the sneaker world without sneakers
1: <laughs> yeah know? like what do we what do we think about people that like love everything to do with sneakers but don't collect them what do we like you said we were we were accidentally gatekeeping earlier do we gatekeep people like that do we like say oh well you don't you don't own 55 pairs of sneakers so you couldn't possibly like them motherfucker i like lamborghinis but i don't own one
0: right right right
1: i wonder i just wonder
0: well you can almost think of it in terms of like an alcoholic in a bar too, right? What, I mean an yeah. alcoholic sure knows a whole hell of a lot about alcohol, right? If they don't drink anymore, they're almost celebrated. I mean, maybe that's the angle, right? Huh. Re- reformed reform sneaker addict.
1: Yeah, what are we 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 went to we went to sneaker rehab and and now we only wear crocs.
0: I I don't need, is that <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's where it has to go. I don't think it has to go there. It just has to go to the point of like does it have to be so excessive?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's a it's a let's acknowledge the fact that we haven't a quote unquote issue here. I'm not gonna say it's a problem, but I'm gonna say it's a it's it's a conflict of interest.
0: <laughs> definitely yeah, there's definitely a, a issue with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's if it's not that I have a whole room taken up by cardboard boxes, it's the fact that People are going to say I'm killing the environment because I got too many pairs of leather sneakers. Just like all the NFTs are going to fucking make the price of electricity ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Good. Oof. I don't even want to get into that
1: now. No, we're not. I'm not going to get you all hyped up on the electricity use of NFTs again. That really gets Savant going, guys. Don't do it.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway. Okay. Never
1: mind. It does. (laughs) See, you were
0: about to. I was
1: um yo so let's let's we got 10 minutes left um we got so off track there and i'm very happy we did because what i had planned was way worse than what we talked about (laughs) (laughs) so let's tie this one up with some some uh some story time we've we've had samples come up quite a bit on the gram recently and i like that because i got quite a few um pairs of samples, not only in the stuff I picked up from you, but I got a couple myself and I think there's some of the coolest sneakers out there because of the because of the background of them. So I was wondering, there's got to be a time when you made some ridiculously huge come up on a pair of sample shoes.
0: Dude, I could tell you I this is difficult. This is a tough one to be in because the guy who bought it from me asked me that I I don't tell anybody about it. Oh, damn. And he's like a real, um, he's a real, uh, he's one of probably the top five collectors on IG uh, of samples and PEs.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, well, I mean, you don't got to divulge if you told him you wouldn't.
0: I'll tell you about the shoe because the shoe is out there. I won't tell you who it was um, and I won't tell you the amount
1: okay that's fine
0: um but uh so my biggest my my biggest fucking sneaker come up uh, i went to this goodwill uh right by this place that um the last place we lived so when we lived in oakland uh we lived kind of by the border of berkeley and right when we moved there about a month after we moved there i found a goodwill and i just popped in the goodwill and uh i saw immediately when i got in there. Behind the case, I saw three pairs of Jordans. Um, One was a Jordan 20, Michael Finley PE, so size 15. And uh, another was a Jordan 16, Michael Finley PE, size 16 or 15. And the last one was a pair of uh, Jordan 11 cleats, um, another PE. But... When I saw the two pairs of Finleys, I was like, oh, shit, those are, those are real. I'm going to get those. But the cleats, I looked at, and I said, those are fucking fake. I've never seen anything like that before. Okay. Um, so the lady came over, and I said, can I see those three pairs of shoes? And she goes, you're not a size 15. I said, yeah, I got friends. And she's like, oh, I see what this is. I said, what? She said, you're a reseller. And I said, eh, no, I got friends with big feet. And she pulled them out. The The Finleys were 100 bucks each. Uh, The cleats were a hundred bucks and the, um, the other pair of Finley's, which was slightly used the twenties were 80 bucks. And I, I, I took a look at the cleats. The cleats were really interesting because it was, there's a lot of 11 cleats now, but back in the day, there was only a couple pairs. There was a Dion Sanders pair. Uh, there was a CC Sabathia pair. Um, there was a, uh, Warren Sapp pair and a Derek Jeter pair. The thing was though is that they had metal spikes. So metal spike metal metal spikes mean they're uh baseball. Um they were size 15. And now there's not all that many fucking baseball players out there with the size 15.
1: I was just so thinking that.
0: I was very I was very confused. Um but I bought them and I, I just I had no idea what the hell to do with them. Um, I didn't know if I should try and sell them. I didn't know if I should try and keep them. i, I My idea to do with them was to grade them and encase them uh, and use them as promotional items for the sneaker savant grading and encasing service. So anyway, um, I hit up a few people, uh, just text, asking them about them, um, and nobody responded. And then when I included pictures, everyone fucking responded like a. <laughs> This was actually when I got to see the, you know, the the kind of backhanded nature of sample collectors, um, because it was funny. Everyone was trying to lowball me, and everyone was trying to tell me that uh, they were just like they probably weren't worth anything because they didn't have somebody's name on them. Um, and to me, like I've been doing this shit forever. Uh, you find a pair of shoes that um, you've never seen before. And you know, are legit, like it's a pretty, I mean, that's a pretty serious fucking find.
1: Yeah. And especially when you got people hitting you like that, like that many people.
0: Yeah. It was, it was weird, dude. And, and so I kind of teased it for a little bit. I just, I didn't really want to sell them because I was getting all this attention. And then I just, one day I was just like, fuck, I'm going to just try and sell them. So I listed them for 10,000 on eBay. And within a couple hours, uh, this dude hit me. He's like, yo, I'll give you blabberty blabbity, Uh, you know, let me know if that's cool. And I, like, it was more money than I had ever. It was way more than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I just kind of, I was like, uh, maybe. And then he asked me my email and then he, he just immediately sent me friends and family, the whole amount. And I was like, okay, well, I guess it's time to, uh,
1: sell these oh i guess i sold these then
0: yeah Um, (laughs) so i sent them to him and then we spent a great deal of time me and the buyer spent a great deal of time trying to determine what they were and what we eventually kind of landed on if you look at my i think you could probably find them somewhere on my you'll definitely find them somewhere on my account uh it was a basically a black and silver pair of 11 cleats and what we determined it was based on the 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 time stamp Um, the colors, the size, we determined that it was most likely a, um, promo pair of Jordan cleats given to Frank Thomas of the Chicago white Sox as part of a, uh, a sneaker free agency period that he had. So shortly, so before Frank Thomas, um, signed his multi-year deal with Reebok, I think Nike was trying to court him as well. And, uh. I think that this was the pair that they gave him because there aren't all that many size 15 players in baseball, there aren't all that many, um, especially at that time. So I think it was, I want to say it was a 2000, and, no, it was in 1990, it was a 2001 pair, I'm not positive. It was 2001, I'm not totally, I, I can look it up later, but um, that's what we determined it was or what we, our best guess was, it was that there were a pair given to Frank Thomas uh, in hopes that he would join Jordan Brand. So uh, that little haul, that was 280 bucks at Goodwill. That uh, little haul got me significantly more than five figures. Uh, <coughs> the other two Finleys to a really popular, uh, another really popular collector or two. So um, that's my best sample story, I'd say, when it comes to money. Uh,
1: that's nuts, dude. Other
0: samples, though, like, I've passed up on some really fucking incredible samples. Like, the one that I still kick myself to this day for, I passed up a pair of Tom Sachs Mars Yard samples. Uh, they sold for, like, I want to say they sold for, like, 500 bucks at, at Goodwill. And I think if I would have picked those up, I'd probably be sitting on, like, a $50,000 shoe. And that was, like... Yeah. That was just a few years ago, too, that I missed out on that one, so... Oh,
1: my Lord. the Dude, I, I had a pair like that, so... I was on Mercari one day and I've got search alerts for fucking weird ass shoes. And so I I, I've always been a huge fan of the, the true to your school dunks. You know, I think that's super cool. I lived in Syracuse for the longest time. Obviously Syracuse got their own true to your Mm -hmm. school dunks and all that shit, but it was essentially a, what the pair, it was kind of like the, the co JP lows. Okay. Yeah. But it was a high top. Okay. And she wanted two hundred bucks for them. I'm like, fuck you, two hundred dollars, because I'd just gotten into sneakers. I wasn't really like comfortable spending multiple hundreds. I was kind of comfortable in a hundred dollar range, um, and I waited a little bit. You know, put a put a like on the post and just kept an eye on them. They went down to one hundred and seventy bucks, and then they disappeared. They didn't yeah. sell. They disappeared. I'm kicking myself in the ass. I'm never ever going to see another pair.
0: Yeah, that's a that pair probably would be worth quite a bit of money now too, right?
1: Especially with all the, the re-releases and fucking whatever you want to call them, retros of the...
0: 200 uh, bucks, man. 200
1: bucks, yeah. And they were, they were in pretty decent condition. They had been worn like maybe twice. And you know me, I was going to put them on my feet and beat them to the ground.
0: Well, I, I mean, I have that problem with Mercari too is that no matter what the price is, I always still feel a need to like save 10 to 20 bucks
1: yeah, it's something about the atmosphere in that app. Like, I'll see something at, like, $50, and I'll be like, no, $47. Exactly. They'll, it'll be fine, 47 Or I have people, like, decline a dollar less. I like, know. That, that oh. shit
0: kills me, dude.
1: Like, but I'm sitting there like, wait a minute. Why did I care about a dollar? Yes. Why did I care about $4, $20? Like That
0: only happens when you miss out,
1: though. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Then I'm super mad. I did that with so many vinyl records. Like, I collect vinyl records as well, and Dude, I I gotta buy shit when I think I should buy shit, not later. Like you said, don't buy regret forever.
0: Yes, buy now, just regret for a few
1: minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a I think that's a perfect endpoint for our, for our episode today. Oh boy, that was long. Sorry, I went I went deep too, dude. That's what I like. I think I think we're trying to uh, at least at least what I've been trying to do with these last three episodes is is push a little harder, go a little deeper because. I've been been doing some research, and and I've I've really noticed that people, um, they're looking for a multi platform experience at this point. They expect everything to be each platform to be kind of different, right? Um, and I'm looking for like a little bit of overlap on each of them. And I think it's it's really great for us to touch on the Instagram posts and and mention those and be like, hey, these comments were cool and this and that, and also bring in some additional topics that people aren't getting on the instagram so that you know we can just start to expand there too and give people a, a little bit more of a reason to come visit you during office hours
0: well and i'm having you know and i'm having so much trouble with instagram too because like i know that the posts suffer if i don't put a lot of effort into them but if i put a lot of effort into them and they pull them like
1: what am i supposed to do right and then you suffer it's like it's like <laughs> who's gonna suffer is it the is it the post or is it me and it's probably going to be me Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Keep your eyes on our Instagrams. Take some advice from our theme song. Likes, shares, comments, all that. We're going to catch y'all next week.